Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, and welcome to History of Portugal. I'm Rob Mendez, and this is Bonus Episode 1. This episode will be a direct reading from the work of Paul Alvarez that we spoke about last episode. This work is titled Paul Alvarez, Eulogius, and the Martyrs of Córdoba, and it goes as follows. At the time, when the savage rule of the Arabs miserably laid waste all the land of Spain with deceit and imposture, when King Muhammad, with unbelievable rage and unbridled fury, determined to root out the race of Christians, by a cruel use of evil will, endeavored to assail Christ's flock with various and ingenious temptations. Many, by denying Christ, threw themselves into the abyss. Others were shaken by severe trials. But others were established and confirmed in flourishing virtue. In his time, as we have said, the martyrdom of the faithful shone gloriously, and the error of the gainsayers was as shifting as waves. For some who were holding the Christian faith only in secret, by God's grace, brought it out into the open what they had concealed. And, without being searched out, they sprang forward to martyrdom and snatched their crown from the executioners. Among these was the blessed Christopher of an Arab family, the story of whose passion we plan to write in another place. Among them also were blessed Aurelius and Holy Felix, who having practiced Christianity in secret, came forward with their wives to the glory of martyrdom. Another of them was the Blessed Virgin Flora, who indeed flowered with virtues, and despising the transitory pomp of the world, won an eternal crown. Our holy doctor Eulogius described the combat of each of these, and wrote their lives and acts in a brilliant style. At this time, there was a certain girl named Lucretia, of noble family, but nobler in soul. Begotten by the filth of the Muslims and born from the womb of wolves, but baptized sometime earlier by a Christian nun, who was of her kindred. Secretly, she blossomed in the Christian faith she had adopted, and knowledge of her spread abroad as a sweet odor for as in her childhood she visited the nun as relatives do. And the nun daily instructed her as well as she could. At length, by divine grace, Lucretia received Christian faith and preserved it in her breast with the fire of love. 
When she came to years of wisdom and attained the lights of knowledge, that faith which she had secretly learned in her earliest childhood increased by spiritual food day by day. She nourished to still greater growth, at first in secret, then publicly and openly. Her parents gave her earnest warnings, but this had no effect. They tried to assail her with whipping and beating in order to coerce her by punishment, since she was not moved by gentler means. But that flame, which Christ sent into the hearts of the faithful, cannot yield to any threats. When in this conflict she was beaten day and night, and saw herself attacked with severe punishments, and tied with heavy bonds, and fearing that if she did not profess her faith publicly, she would be burned in hell for her infidelity. She made her case known through messengers to the blessed Eulogius, who was already much esteemed in such cases, and to his sister, Anulo, a virgin dedicated to God. She explained that she wished to go to safer places among the faithful, where she might without fear make her faith known. Thereupon, blessed Eulogius recognized his accustomed office, and he was a zealous partisan of the martyrs. He directed her through the same messengers to leave home secretly. She quickly planned a stratagem, pretending to yield to her parents and attacking our faith in words. According to plan, she donned all her best ornaments and appeared in the manner of those who are out to please and marry in the world. When she saw that everything was now safe for her, pretending to go to the wedding of some of her kindred, beautifully dressed as befitted the occasion, she hurried off to the protection of blessed Eulogius and his sister, Anula. At once, they received her with joy and turned her over to trusted friends to be kept in hiding. Her father and mother awaited her, and when they did not see their daughter, wailing that they had been deceived, and torturing themselves into an unheard-of rage and grief never before seen. They upset everything, confused everything, running about among friends and strangers. Using force and the authority of the judge, they loaded into prisons and chains all whom they suspected. They afflicted with stripes and imprisoned men, women, confessors, priests, nuns, and all whom they could, hoping that by these and other measures they might in some way get their daughter back. But the saint, unmoved, changed from place to place, taking every precaution that the sheep should not fall into the hands of wolves. Meanwhile, she austerely wore down her body, being constant in fasting and vigils, wearing hair cloth and sleeping on the ground. The blessed man Eulogius, whose name is to be spoken with reverence, applying himself to nocturnal vigils and praying prostrate on the ground in the Basilica of San Zoilo, spent nights without sleep, beseeching the Lord for help and strength for the maiden and consecrating her to the Lord by these exercises. Meanwhile, the serene maiden wished to see Eulogius' sister whom she loved with great affection, 
and came by night to their dwellings, moved by a revelation of the Lord, and led by her desire of consolation, to spend just one day with them, and then return to her usual hiding place. She told him that twice while praying, her mouth had been filled with honey, that she did not dare spit it out, but had swallowed it, wondering at the nature of the thick substance. The saint interpreted this as a presage that she would enjoy the sweetness of the heavenly kingdom. The next day, when the maiden prepared to go back, it happened that her attendant did not come at the accustomed hour, but only when dawn was breaking. So she could not set out, for she used to travel at night to avoid being caught. So it was arranged that the Virgin of God should stay where she was that day, until the sun could put a term to its light for the earth, and the shades of night could grant again the desired quietude. It was indeed by human counsel, but really by God's decree that she would be held back, in order that she might receive her crown and bestow the diadem of glory on the blessed Eulogius. For on that day, I know not at whose suggestion nor by whose plotting and betrayal, the hiding place was made known to the judge, and suddenly their whole dwelling was surrounded by soldiers sent for the purpose. It happened that the elect and predestined martyr was there in person. Bringing Lucretia into Eulogius' presence, they arrested them both together. And beating them and treating them with disrespect, they brought them to the unjust and infamous judge. The judge at once thought to kill them by scourging, and roused by vehement fury, with translucent face and impatient mind, he questioned Eulogius in furious words and inquired with threatening why he had detained the girl at his house. Eulogius answered him patiently and with good grace, as he commonly spoke, and splendidly made clear the truth of the matter as follows. Quote, Sir, the office of preaching is laid upon us, and it is a part of our faith that we should hold out the light of faith to those seeking it, and we should deny it to no one who is hastening to the highways of life which are holy. This is the duty of priests. True religion demands it. And this also Christ our Lord taught us, that whoever is at thirst and wishes to draw from the rivers of faith will find double the drink that he sought. And as this girl asked us for the rule of our holy faith, our purpose necessarily applied itself to her more gladly as her desire was the more ardent. It was not proper to turn away a person asking this. Hence, I have enlightened and taught her, and I have shown her that the faith of Christ is the road of the kingdom of heaven. In the same way, I should be glad to do it for you, if you should care to ask me. Then, the judge, with stormy visage, commanded rods to be brought in, threatening to put him to death by scourging. The saint said to him, What do you intend to do with those rods? He replied, I mean to put you to death with them. Eulogius said, Sharpen and prepare the sword with which you may send my soul released from the bondage of the body back to him who gave it. 
Do not imagine that you could cut my body apart with scourges. And straight away, reproaching with clear invective and much eloquence the falseness of their prophet and law, and redoubling what he had said, he was hurried off to the palace and brought before the king's counselors. One of them, who was very well known to him, addressed him sympathetically. Enough fools and idiots are born to this miserable ruin of death. You, who are girt with beauty of wisdom and famous for your excellent life. What madness drove you to commit yourself to this fatal ruin, forgetting the natural love of life? Please listen to me and do not rush into this headlong destruction, I beg you. Say only a word in this hour of your need and afterward practice your faith where you will. We promise not to search for you anywhere. The blessed martyr Eulogius answered him smiling. If only you could know what things are laid up for those of our faith, or if I could place in your breast what I possess in my own, then you would not try to hold me back from my purpose. But even more gladly would you yourself think of giving up your worldly position. He then began to offer them the teachings of the everlasting gospel, and with bold freedom to pour forth the preaching of the kingdom. But not wishing to hear him, those present ordered him to be put to the sword. While he was being led away, one of the king's eunuchs slapped him. Turning the other cheek, Eulogius said, Please strike this too, and make it equal to the other. But the soldiers hurried him out to the place of execution. And there, kneeling in prayer, and raising his hands to heaven, making the sign of the cross and saying a few words of silent prayer, he stretched out his neck for the blade, and, despising the world, by a swift blow, he found life. He was martyred in mid-afternoon of Saturday the 11th of March. O oh, blessed and wonderful man of our age, who in many martyrs sent the fruit of his work ahead of him, and in the Virgin Lucretia left another to follow. Raising in his hands the standard of victory and dedicating to the Lord the sheaf of his labor for himself, and what things he had taught others, now in himself he presented to Christ the Lord of all things. As soon as his body was thrown from the upper level onto the riverbank, a dove of snowy whiteness, gliding through the air in the sight of all, flew down and sat on the martyr's body. They all tried to drive it away by throwing stones from all sides, but being nevertheless unable to move it as it sat there. They sought to put it to flight directly with their hands, but the dove, fluttering rather than flying around the body, came to a rest on a tower overlooking the corpse, with its beak pointed towards the blessed man's body. And I must not be silent about the miracle that Christ worked for the glory of his name over the body of the martyr. A native, while performing with others his monthly service in the palace and taking his turn with the watch, at night, desiring a drink of water, arose and went to the projecting water outlet which comes to that place. There he saw above Eulogius' body, which lay lower down, priests glistening white as snow, holding dazzling lamps, and earnestly reciting psalms. 
Frightened by thus vision, he went back to his station, fleeing rather than returning. After telling a companion all about it, they decided to go with him again to the place. But the second time, he was unable to see it. On the next day, the efforts of the Christians obtained the blessed man's head. And on the third day, they gathered the rest of the body and buried it in the church of the blessed martyr San Zoilo. As for the blessed virgin Lucretia, though they tried to seduce her with many delights and move her with many promises, she was, by God's grace, strengthened in the firmness of faith, and on the fourth day after Eulogius' martyrdom was herself beheaded and thrown in the Guadalquivir. So she was taken out by the Christians and buried in the Basilica of the martyr Saint Genesius. Such was the end of the blessed Dr. Eulogius, this his admirable departure after many labors. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. 